What is up? How are you doing? We are back. Friday night. It's the weekend. Yay. Everybody's happy for the weekend. I'm Greg Schnoes. I'm the host of this extravaganza of the Schnoes Knows. And uh, real quick before we get started, uh, if you're not too familiar with uh, the show or you're, you know, maybe heard about it from somebody, uh, or if you know anyways, and you know I'm down here in the Houston area, keep everybody in your mind and your heart and your uh, in your in your prayers because it's been a rough day for a lot of people down here the last day or two. A lot of flooding. I mean, luckily on my side of town, towards the west side of town, really didn't get a whole heck of a lot. But man, towards north and east of Houston, man, they just got nailed. So uh, just think about those people. Maybe donate if you can because uh, people definitely need help. I mean, a lot of the same people that got nailed by Hurricane Harvey. Or getting hit again, it's just just awful. So, uh, but just keep that in mind. So, all right. So let's get started. We're gonna do. We'll start off with our college picks. We did pretty good last weekend, as we said earlier here in the week. We hit that college parlay, and now we're gonna think about. Mm, not too sure about the Texas game. Obviously, you know, with the Longhorns and being a Longhorn fan, even though I'm wearing red here, it doesn't make sense in that regard, right? But. Uh, <laughs> That game really intrigues me. I'm I'm worried about it. I'm scared about it because there's nobody on the Texas roster who has beat Oklahoma State since they've been playing football there. Five straight years, Texas has lost to Oklahoma State. And they seem to find ways to lose these games. Last year, no-name quarterback for Oklahoma State ran all over them, and Texas just seemed like shocked, like, oh, hey, there he is. He's running with the ball. Maybe we should tackle him. Like That's kind of way they were on defense at some points last year. And last year's defense is way better than this year's version so far. Uh, But they have a young quarterback, Spencer Sanders. So it's like, okay, the good and the bad. Okay. I guess the good for Texas, he's a redshirt freshman. First game against a ranked opponent on the road. Like I said, I won money last weekend with Oklahoma State beating Tulsa. But at times, they jumped on him super early. They scored on the first play of the game. They scored again, like, on the third play on the second series. So they were up 14-0 like that. They didn't really do much after that. So I know they maybe weren't as excited or pumped up to play an opponent like Tulsa because it's Tulsa. You know, no offense, people are like Tulsa or my former high school teammate, Keith Carey, who was a super nice guy and played college ball at Tulsa. But uh, (laughs) outside of that, I mean, really, I don't think it doesn't matter if it's OU or Oklahoma State. They always seem to play Tulsa just like Texas always ends up playing like North Texas or they play Rice. Teams like that, I, I don't think those type of teams get up for those type of games just because they kind of know they're going to win. So maybe they're going to have some moments where they're not too – just just not into it. I don't know what you would call it. But there was times where I was watching that game because, like I said, I had money on it. So I was wanting Oklahoma State to blow them out and kick their ass. And they ultimately did get that late touchdown that did cover, which helped me out. But, man, there for a while, they just weren't that – they just seemed kind of like, nah, they couldn't really – they were, you know, not moving the ball against Tulsa. Well, I'd like to think Texas has way better athletes, way better players, and way better everything than Tulsa. I don't care what it is. If you put Texas in Tulsa and you go down the list of everything that they have, coaching staff, facilities, players, I don't think Tulsa's going to have a check mark in their column at all. So that being said, with Spencer Sanders and the Tulsa offense kind of slug, sluggishly, bleh, sluggishly, is that a word? Uh, not moving the ball efficiently. How about that? Uh, <laughs> on Tulsa, that kind of just makes me think, okay, this is going to be you know, 100,000 people. It's Saturday night. It's in an environment that this kid's never played in. He's only starting what is maybe fourth game in his career. So that's got to be an advantage for Texas. But the only thing is, it's like, okay, yes, that's good for Texas, but then I look at it back and I kind of go, okay, but Mike Gundy doesn't seem to matter who he has at quarterback. They are effective against Texas. And, oh, by the way, is it Shuba Hubbard? We'll just call him Hubbard, the running back. That dude's a beast. 
That dude, if you give him this much room, he's going to score. If he gets a crease, he's gone. Simple as that. That guy scares the daylights out of me. He can he can change the game. I mean, I believe he's averaging like some absurd like eight yards carry or something so far this year. Now, granted, the talent he's probably gone against is not that great so far, but regardless, the dude's kicking ass and taking names, so you have to pay attention to that. But, again, so they have a great running back. Quarterback making his first start in a tough environment like this. If we fast, or excuse me, fast. If rewind a couple of weeks when I was sitting here saying it, I'm not worried about LSU, not worried about Joe Burrow. Who's Joe Burrow? <laughs> Who's LSU's passing attack? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, they lit Texas up. <laughs> he carved their ass up all night. He had like three receivers go for like well over 100 yards, like seven, eight catches a pop. Like he just sliced and diced Texas up all night long. Didn't see that coming. So that part of the thing really scares me in the sense that. If Mike Gundy and the great offensive mind that he has can get some – if this guy Hubbard starts running the ball well and Texas has to respect that and bring people in the box and you put those corners out on an island, that LSU thing just, just replaying in my head, that is scaring – this just scares the daylights out of me. If you put those young corners out there on an island, now OSU doesn't have really those you know, type of receivers they've had in years past. James Washington being most recent, now who's a Pittsburgh Steeler, they don't have that big stud wide receiver out there who's just gonna who can really take over a game. They've got a lot of guys that are good players, but they don't have really an exceptional guy out there. So I guess that's good. <laughs> but I just have this nightmare in my head of that if if they can get it going, throwing the ball, or if they can get it going running the ball, and that opens up things on the outside, and you give that Sanders kid a little bit of confidence and he starts just tossing it left and right and getting what he wants. Watch out. Watch out. This could be a very big trap game for Texas. I, I, I'm not at all <laughs> confident going into this. This looks like to be a shootout to me, like that LSU game. Whoever wins this game is probably going to have to score for 40 points to do it. At least that's the way, I, the way I'm projecting it in my mind. I mean, it just scares me. So flip it to the Texas side. What do you need to see, what do you need to see from Texas? Well, last weekend they played Rice. Whoop-de-doo. They should go out and kick their ass like they did because if they are, quote, back, and we keep hearing that they are, and, of course, they lose to LSU, and everyone's like, hey, they're not back. Games like the Rice game, you got to go take care of business, just go up there, beat them up, and get out of there with the win and go. Well, now Ellinger, he kind of had that slow start to LSU, right? Wasn't the most accurate. Ended up having a great night towards the end of the night, but in the beginning it was just kind of off. Not his fault that, you know, Ingram dropped a touchdown in the beginning and then he got stuffed on the goal line. You know, those first two series, throw those out or put those 10 points on the board. They win that game. So Texas was in it, but they just put themselves in a hole and they could never get out of it because the defense was just getting torched all night long. So Sam Ellinger and the offense need to come out and stomp on the throat of Oklahoma State early. Go out there, score on your first possession. Defense, hopefully get the ball back quickly, score again on your second possession. If you put those young guys in a hole that haven't been in the situation before, it all plays into your hands if you're a Longhorn fan, coach, player, whatever. If you can get that, I don't know what you want to say. If you can put the pressure on them, try to keep it on them all night. Obviously, like I said, it's it's the road environment. It's it's the atmosphere. It's everything that this kid who's starting at quarterback and what's his name again? Spencer Sanders. Let's <laughs> check my notes. He's he's never been in the situation. If you can rattle him and make sure he's nervous and is not exactly comfortable from the beginning. It could be a long night for him. It could be a great night for Texas. It just scares me just because I just know what Mike Gundy is capable of as a coach at Oklahoma State. For all those years that Texas beat uh, OSU, I mean, it was just like, didn't matter what, I mean, did not matter what 
the score was. Didn't matter if it was in Oklahoma. Didn't matter if it was Texas. Didn't matter where the location of the game was. Texas was going to win. They might be down a whole lot, but they're going to come back. And obviously, if you're a Longhorn fan, the two that jump out to me, 2004, Texas down 35-7 to at home. Vince Young takes offense down, scores right before the half, makes it 35-14. And then Texas scores on every possession in the second half, and they end up winning like 56 to 35. I can still remember clear as day the reverse to the then true freshman, uh, Ramon Taylor. He pitched it to him. He goes up the left side, and he takes off. I was watching that game. It was my, just me and my dog. When I say my dog, my actual dog, like four legs and a tail, like wolf, wolf kind of dog. Not like my dog, but like my friend. Um, <laughs> uh, my dog, Joey, a.k.a. Pudgy Bear. <laughs> Pudgy Bear and me were watching that one that night, and once he – Vince Young pitched that to Ramon's Taylor, and he was going up the other side, and he was gone. I was screaming, yelling, going crazy. Joey's barking. I mean, it was just – at that point, it was, that's when Texas finally took the lead. Now it was going to be 42-35, to 35, and like I said, they end up scoring. And defense shut them out in the second half, so that was a great game that I can remember with Texas and OSU. And then the 07 game, Jamal Charles breaks the big run. Cole McCoy leads the comeback with Jamal Charles running the ball, Shipley catching passes in 07. So those two jump out at me more than anything. And then the last five years have sucked <laughs> as a Texas fan. They cannot – they just can't shake them for whatever reason. So I'm definitely scared about that. So I'm not putting money on Texas. Just don't do it. <laughs> it scares me. I mean, if if at all, I wouldn't touch the spread. I would just keep it on the money line or maybe take the over. Those are your two options. Take the over, take the money line with Texas. That, that would be it. So for our other lines, we have an early start, Wisconsin and Michigan. Wisconsin is favored by three and a half. I don't believe in Michigan. They struggled. They barely beat Army, a team that does have nowhere near the athletes, nowhere near uh, the caliber of anything (laughs) compared to Michigan. And they needed overtime to win that game. Wisconsin runs the ball, has a phenomenal running back. It's only three and a half. I'm not Shea Patterson does not scare me. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, they cannot figure it out. They're trying to throw the ball. They're trying to do no offense. Oh, by the way, if you're keeping score here, Wisconsin is 4-0. The last four times they've played four, four games, they played Michigan at home in Madison. Michigan lost. Wisconsin won. Last five games against the spread at Wisconsin, Michigan, again, 0-5. So there you go. Last six against the spread on uh, their last, was it their last six road games? I can't read my notes here. But either way, everything points to Wisconsin winning this game. Take that. Take the three and a half. You'll be happy. Georgia Notre Dame. Georgia is a 14 and a half point favorite. Um, read a stat, <laughs> Georgia likes to run the ball. Their offensive lineman averaged like 335 to Notre Dame's like 275 to 285 per defensive lineman up front. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but those five big guys are going to wear those four smaller guys out. Georgia's got a plethora of running backs. They win this easy. We saw what happened to Notre Dame when they were in the playoff last year. You want to talk about somebody that always says they're back? It's Notre Dame. They're never back. They got to that national championship when was that 2012? That game was over by like the second quarter, maybe first quarter. They got absolutely hammered by Alabama. They had no business being in that game. Just like tomorrow, they're going to have no business in that game against Georgia. It's in Athens. It's 14 and a half points. Georgia can just run it at him, have Jake Fromm, throw it to those speedy wide receivers he has on the outside, and just pick them apart. Georgia wins this easily. Take the 14 and a half. It's just not even. Ugh. Well, so, as like I said, I'm a Longhorn fan. And I picked Oklahoma State and Oklahoma to win some money, and they did for me. Well, we're going to that well one more time of teams I don't care for, but I'm going to try to win some money off of them. (laughs) Texas A&M is minus four at home against Auburn. Auburn is not 
No. <laughs> Don't believe in Auburn. Again, they needed a miracle with like 10 seconds left to pull out a victory against Oregon. And I don't know who they've played since. It's the SEC. They always play like these Sisters of the Poor every week, and then they have a couple tough games, and they play another JV high school team. That's the SEC. Or conference is so good. That's why you play, you know, Sisters of the Blind three times a year. Um, but that's neither here nor there. AM's at home. They are 11 and 2 in their last 13 games against teams named not Alabama or Clemson. Not too shabby. <laughs> so take AM. They've got the better team. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better overall defense. I just is is weird and odd and strange as it sounds. I'm saying nice things about Texas A&M, but it's only strictly for financial reasons. So strictly for that. So take A&M minus four. Take Georgia fourteen and a half. Take Wisconsin three and a half. And Texas in the money line or the over if you're feeling that one. As we segue into our NFL picks now. So didn't do too hot on the NFL picks as like I said we went over that last week or earlier in the week when we were here. Uh, didn't see Roethlisberger getting hurt. Uh, in the second quarter with Pittsburgh hosting Seattle. That one killed us. And then we had the Cowboys again. Well, they blew out. Uh, who was it? The Redskins? Yes. Uh, so that one was good for us. And then the other one I had was – oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Well, it's out there for the world uh, to hear or listen to. Uh, really? I can't think of it. Uh, well, the hell with it. I went one and three last week. That's all I know. Uh, or Yeah. One and three or one and two? Either way, I only won one game. Oh, I had one pick in my NFL picks last weekend. Uh, just drawing a blank here. But like I said, I, it's out there. So if you want to say whatever, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> okay. Seattle minus five against the Saints. No Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater looked nah, did not look comfortable uh, at all. And uh, going up to Seattle, very tough place to play. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know when was the last time he started a football game, but it's been a while um, in an environment probably like that. Seahawks are surprisingly good. <laughs> uh, didn't see this from Seattle. They've got some playmakers now. This kind of segue will segue into our, uh, in a, our fantasy stuff here in a little bit. But I just am not. I just don't think the Saints have it. They had an emotional letdown. They know they don't have Drew Brees. You know they're they're probably still upset about the call where it should have been a fumble instead of an incomplete pass. And Cam Jordan picked up and ran back for a touchdown. Saints aren't. They're not ready. They're going to go up to uh, Seattle and get hammered, I think. It's just it's going to get ugly. Minus five, Seahawks. Take it. Bills, Bengals. I talked about this on Monday. Am I crazy enough to do it? Apparently I am. I'm talking myself into it. Take Buffalo minus six against Cincinnati. Buffalo's hot to start the season. Ride that Josh Allen. Uh, just ride that out. <laughs> uh, him and John Brown, little Cole Beasley, the former Cowboy, they, they've got it rolling for whatever reason they do. They've got so many young guys on the team just because they've been so bad for so long. They've accumulated so many like top five, top 10, top 15 type picks. Uh, eventually, you got to get good, I would think, as an NFL franchise. And it seems like they're good enough. Are they going to win the division? No. Are they going to probably get to the playoffs? No. But they can definitely beat Cincinnati, and they can definitely beat them by six on Sunday. So I'll take that one all day long. Uh, Steelers going up to San Francisco. 49ers are six and a half point favorites. Again, same. notice a theme here. Bad quarterback going against good quarterback or backup going against good starter. Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have it going for San Francisco finally. Knock on something because he gets hurt if he sneezes too hard. Uh, this is about the time where he gets hurt, you know, between week three and week six. So for all you 49er fans out there, you know, hold your breath for Jimmy Garoppolo because you're paying that dude a lot of money and he's barely played. Uh, 49ers, six and a half. Again, Mason Rudolph going on the road. Cross country, playing on the West Coast. 
Ren East Coast team. Like I said, uh, the 49ers seem to finally be getting better and finally have Jimmy Garoppolo in that groove where they're finally kind of putting things together because they just haven't had a quarterback that's healthy. I mean, he gets healthy, and then he gets hurt, and then he comes back next year, and then he gets hurt. I mean, that's been the story for Jimmy Garoppolo since he's been in the NFL. He's finally getting healthy. Kyle Shanahan has him, you know, finally throwing the ball. They, you know, he lit it up last weekend. I see that happening again. The Steelers aren't – they're just they're, – they're, they're in spiral mode now. Uh, James Conner looked terrible last week. Juju is outside of him. I don't know what else they got. Maybe Vance McDonald at tight end. So I don't see them winning that game at all. So, again, 49ers 6.5 over the Steelers. Bills minus 6 against Cincinnati. Seahawks minus 5 against the Saints. Take those three. We'll see how we did on Monday. Okay. And as we have – I'm going to go my other notes here. Aha, all in the back here because I'm so smart. Uh, <laughs> my chicken scratch. Okay, so for our fantasy stuff, this is kind of what the few things that I really like and a few things that I'm, you know, really, really looking forward to. The Carolina-Arizona game seems to be the game to stack this weekend. If you're really feeling it, you can maybe go Kyle Allen. He's starting this week in, instead of Cam Newton. He's hurt. He's finally ruled out earlier today by Coach Ron Rivera. You could go a stack of because he's dirt cheap. He's only four thousand on DraftKings, which we play uh, on all of our fantasy stuff that we hear because I don't have a league and you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> but on DraftKings, you can go DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel, whichever one you might like. Even maybe Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey. You can just plug him in. He seems to be able to produce for you. Run it back with maybe a David Johnson, or if you don't, if you're not feeling the the quarterbacks for Carolina, go with Kyler Murray. Go with Kyler Murray. He's fairly cheap. He seems like he's kind of getting a little bit more comfortable back there, let's say. So maybe that's the way to go. Run it with Kyler Murray. David Johnson running back. You can go with uh, McCaffrey and then either DJ Moore or Carter Samuel. Whichever one you like more, pick one. They're fairly similar and close to in price. Go with either one of those. And then that might be a game to stack and just uh, really – it seems to be a game that has potential for shootout. And as fantasy, that's what we're always looking for is that potential for a shootout. Games that we can go, that's what we want to stack. Those are the ones that get you all the points, help you win the money, and uh, you know, retire early. That's what we're shooting for, right? I'm trying to win the million. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to go on vacation. Something, man. Anything. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at DraftKings, you will see that red number against Dalvin Cook saying he's going against a good rush defense. Um, what good running backs has Denver, or excuse me, has Oakland gone up against this year? Denver slipped out of my mouth here just a second ago. That was first week. Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay lit it up last year. He hasn't done much anything this year. Neither is Royce Freeman. Okay, check mark of not good running backs. Uh, Kansas City, who's their running back? LaShawn McCoy. And who else? Eh. Okay, so they got lit up through the air, but they didn't get lit up on the ground. So the Raiders have not really played any good running backs. Dalvin Cook looks he's like he's 100% healthy. Dalvin Cook likes he looks like the guy that he was coming out of Florida State. That guy is the truth. Put Dalvin Cook in your lineup. This guy is the guy I see out of everything I like this weekend. Dalvin Cook's going to be the guy to smash. So put him as your flex. Put him at one of your running backs. Somehow, some way, fit Dalvin Cook into your lineup this weekend. Just find a way. He's a little bit on the pricier side, seventy eight hundred bucks. But like I said, with some of these other things, you could really you can make it fit. You could really make it fit. Like I said, David Johnson. He's at sixty eight hundred. You could do. Uh, what's our other options here? Kamara, he's a little bit high. So, outside of, I mean, Michael Thomas, he's a great receiver for New Orleans, but like we were saying earlier, I think Teddy Bridgewater 
is not – I just don't see a lot of good things coming in from this weekend. Alvin Kamara is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He'll probably get a lot of touches this weekend, a lot of targets. Maybe he can salvage one of those and do a touchdown for you. So Kamara is another good uh, option for running backs. But as – or cheaper guys, the ones we always liked to stack and try to find cheaper. Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, they're both like a little over three grand on uh, DraftKings. Always, always good to save money at the tight end position unless you really – can go really cheap at wide receiver and then put in like a Travis Kelsey. Because you can't go wrong with Kelsey because you know he's going to get his. I mean, he's pretty much the number one receiver they right have, have right now in uh, Kansas City for the Chiefs. Or if you want to go a little bit cheaper so you can fit up a little bit more expensive running back, George Kittle, 5,600. Again, we really like that Steelers uh, 49ers game to cover. Well, George Kittle, when he gets on that same page with Garoppolo a little bit more like they have been already, get you, you know, get you some catches, get you some yards, some touchdowns. That helps you that that get that back. Ugh, Jesus, for the love of God, return on investment is what I'm trying to say. At your lower price point, he probably won't be as highly owned either because everyone's either going to be looking towards Kelsey because uh, he has a good matchup, not necessarily a good matchup, but him and Pat Mahomes. You know he's going to get the ball. You know he's going to get targets. So maybe that's again a way we would try to differentiate ourselves from the field, having a guy like. Uh, Kittle at our tight end. We have – oh, by the way, the Steelers gave up how many touchdowns to Will Disley last week? Yeah, who? Exactly. That was that was the thing that kind of hurt me last week when I was watching uh, my uh, Pittsburgh uh, Steelers pick going down in flames is I was like, who the hell is Will Disley? Why is he catching two touchdowns and killing my parlay on Sunday <laughs> for uh, Seattle? Like, come on, man. Like, that's – no, 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 no. No, 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 no. We don't want that. Uh, so, yeah, that guy – Kittle might be the best tight end pick that I that I like, unless you want to go really cheap with Austin Hooper or T.J. Hawkinson. You have uh, Hawkinson for the Lions going against Philadelphia. That could be a game that could possibly shoot out too. Philadelphia has a bunch of guys injured. Maybe Carson Wentz uh, and Matt Stafford get in a shootout. Maybe they get you know are going back and forth. That's what you want in a fantasy matchup. So that's that's maybe one way to go if you're going at your tight end. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, of course, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. The only bad thing about the Cowboys, and it really, I, that's where I've won my most money on DraftKings the first two weeks, is Dak Prescott lineups at quarterback and able to spread the wealth across the board because Dak has been a lot cheaper. Now his price has gone up super high. Well, they're playing the Dolphins, who are not a very good team, <laughs> to put it nicely. Uh, the only problem is with the Cowboys, are they going to blow them out? And Dak, Zeke, Mari Cooper, all your offensive targets for the Cowboys – are they going to be not playing past the mid-third quarter? I mean, seriously, what if they get out to like a 31 to nothing lead at halftime? Are you, I mean, are the Cowboys really dumb enough to run Zeke and Dak and Cooper and all these guys out in the second half of a game that they've pretty much gotten in hand? I would hope not. So that's the thing that scares me with the Cowboys. Yes, they're going to score a lot of points. They're probably going to kick the Dolphins' ass. I just am worried about are they going to do it so fast and so early that they don't get anything for the rest of the afternoon? And you're like, great. Now you see everybody else's numbers going up because your guys are out and they're not even in the game. That happened to me week one when they beat the Giants. Uh, <laughs> all he needed was like literally one more touchdown pass or one more, not even a touchdown. All he needed was like a 10 yard catch from Cooper, from Dak, and out of it, you know, whatever. <sighs> but that's what happened. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, oh, cheaper wide receiver, DK Metcalf, Seahawks. He is 4,700 on DraftKings. Saints have given up the most six most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. Um, dude is stupid fast, and I don't really think the corners for the Saints are that great. Marshawn Lattimore is not a lockdown type guy. Neil Apple, is, nor is he either. 
And Russell Wilson can throw it out. He can air it out. And if this guy get, if he can shake loose and get deep, and what jumps in my mind is when I think of Michael Gallup beating Eli Apple last year and Dak missing a throw. I did a whole podcast about that uh, <laughs> earlier this year on SoundCloud if you want to check that out. Um, well, there's a couple of times where Dak has got him, you know, he's got Gallup beat. Uh, Gallup's got him beat, and Dak just misses the throw. Um, Russell Wilson is going to hit DK Metcalf for a big touchdown or two in this game. He might not catch a lot of balls. He maybe not get a lot of volume, but he's going to catch a big one, and that's going to cash in for at least 10 points, at least on one play, guaranteed. So play DK Metcalf cheaper, 4,700. George Kittle, 5,600 as your tight end. If you want to run that stack, like I said, with Carolina and Arizona, Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, don't be scared to play Dalvin Cook this week. The Raiders have not played a good defense. Don't be scared by that they have a top five rush defense or he has a bad matchup. No, Raiders don't have a good rush defense. It's at home against Minnesota. That was another game. I actually wrote that down for some picks, and then I, I said, nah. the Vikings are like minus nine against the Raiders. I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins that much. <laughs> uh, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, uh, and obviously uh, Dalvin Cook running the ball. They have some really good skill positions. It's just the quarterback that really sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's just like – Mm, just not a, no 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 sorry Kirk Cousins might be a nice guy as we always say on here might be a nice guy I'm not putting any money on Kirk Cousins to do anything uh, let's see what else Sammy Watkins he's a 6800 uh, the Chiefs they like to throw the ball they're playing the Ravens probably be the best game this weekend I'll be watching that more because my beloved Cowboys play at noon and this game with the Raider, Ravens and the Chiefs are at noon. Uh, the Cowboys are going to win easily. Uh, I'll be flipping back fa- forth and that just to see what they're doing. But this game will have my main focus at 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Because, uh, like I said, Mahomes is going to air it out. Sammy Watkins, what do you have, 12 targets a week ago was what I wrote down here. Mahomes is throwing the ball. He's throwing it to somebody. And it seems like Sammy Watkins and uh, Travis Kelsey are the ones that are going to run and catch it for him more often than not. Uh, let's see, whatever we have. Nelson Aguilar, cheaper wide receiver if you want to go that route. Uh, maybe Emmanuel Sanders. If you really, really, really want to go low, like dirt cheap, Preston Williams. Who's that? Yeah, exactly. He's a wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. If what everybody thinks, what the Vegas thinks, what anybody who watches professional football, whether it's a fan, uh, uh, analyst, former player, nobody sees Miami winning this game. So what they're going to have to do is try to throw the ball. He is so dirt cheap. Like, you have to scroll all the way. You just keep going and going and going on DraftKings. You're, you might as well just type in his name. It'll take less time. He is all the way down there. He's got the only touchdown that Miami has got this year um, in their first two games. Josh Rosen's going to be throwing the ball to him. He's getting his first start for the Dolphins. Somebody's got to catch the ball. They're going to be down. He's going to have to throw it a lot. Maybe he can get a cheap touchdown, as we always like. If the Cowboys are up, you know, blowing them out by 35, 40 points and he catches a late touchdown in like the third or early fourth quarter, it's worth it. Because then again, that can you can afford to pay the Dalvin Cooks, the Sammy Watkins, the you know, if you want to go a stack with Watkins and uh maybe Kelsey and then run it back with maybe Hollywood Brown for the Ravens and maybe Lamar Jackson a quarterback, like so maybe stack that game too with the Chiefs and the uh, Ravens. So a lot of good options, a lot of good things out there, and as always, uh Tampa and New England, I have written down for defense in the Cowboys. Cowboys defense is like 4300 on DraftKings, which is just an absurd price to pay. Uh, where's the New England? One of those two is over four grand. If one's over four, the other one's just under four. You know they're not going to give up a lot of points. Uh, and New England just went crazy by catching the two pick sixes last week. I doubt they replicate that, even though it is against the Jets with some no-name third-string quarterback. It could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. 
it's just highly unlikely. <laughs> so those those are our picks. Like I said, as we review, you know, our NFL and our college picks, take Georgia minus 14 and a half, Texas in the money line, AM minus four, Wisconsin minus three and a half. Those are your college picks. Those are four. We've got 49ers minus six and a half in the NFL, Bills minus six over Cincinnati, and the Seahawks minus five. So what is that? Four college and the three NFL. So we'll be back here on Monday. We'll check it out definitely and see how things go and see how things work. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really need to say. Mm. Well, it rained a lot here yesterday. I kind of said that in the beginning. Uh, other than that, same old stuff, different day, different, you know, we're you know, just uh, here doing our thing here at the Sphere, having fun. Uh, but other than that, that, I guess that's all we got. I'm trying to think. I'm just randomly rambling. Jesus. Just can't put a sentence together. So maybe that means I should shut up and get out of here, right? That sounds get out on a good note, Greg. Shut your mouth and quit talking. So that is it. That is our episode of Schnoe's Nose for our NFL picks for this weekend in college and some fantasy stuff. We'll be here on Monday. Hope you cash in. Hope you hit the big money because that's what we're shooting for. And uh, always, always, you know, give me a like or no, geez, look me up. Facebook, SoundCloud, Greg Schnoe's, G R E G S C H N O S, at. Uh, uh, G Snows, G S C H N O S on Twitter and Instagram. If you find any of these things out there, obviously this is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff. The video on YouTube, my terrible hair. I need to get a haircut. I know. Uh, <laughs> that was playing yesterday, man. The weather screwed it up. But uh, so yeah, look. If you find you know my old stuff, you know, share it, like it. You know that that's what we're trying to do here. Try to grow the show, as uh, the boys Ben and Skin in Dallas would say on the fan up there. Uh, so that's it. That's all we got for here on this Friday night. Have a great weekend, everybody. Don't do anything too crazy. Uh, and I guess that's it.